The Toronto Maple Leafs look to maximize their cap space. The Colorado Avalanche have an injury update on Kale McCarr. The San Jose Sharks continue their rebuild. Is William Eklund ready? We've got all that and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. You can also hear us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On NHL. The Toronto Maple Leafs have come so close. They're still looking for that elusive first Stanley Cup since the original six era. David Morissuti is here to talk about all things the Leafs as the season gets closer. And David, talk to me about the way this team has looked in the preseason. What are the good aspects that you've seen and what are your concerns? Well, I mean, if you're looking at just uh, preseason in general, there was a lot of talk about the move of William Nylander going to center how that was all going to turn out. And I think the big one right now that has been the biggest, I wouldn't call it problem per se, because in a way it shouldn't be viewed as a problem, but there are a lot of players that are putting themselves in position to earn jobs. The problem is the Leafs don't exactly earn, they're in flush with cap space to say, yeah, we can have every guy on the team that we want. There was always this feeling that the Leafs were going to have to make some tough decisions just to make themselves cap compliant. Now, injuries might help in that regard of helping the team remain cap compliant, but it's a it's been a very it's very tough when you see you have a player who's having having a breakout camp. You know, I'm putting like a Nick Robertson out there. You know, Connor Timmons has looked really good in camp and in preseason games. And you're like, oh, it'd be great when if these guys can make the roster. And it's like, well, can't exactly put everybody on the roster because they just don't have the cap room. To put, they might not even be able to have a full 23 man roster, right? Like, that's the position they find themselves in. Now, of course, there's a few injuries that are going to have to be sorted out. And that in itself has brought up upon another problem of depth, right? You know, if these injuries are ones that you can go on LTIR and maybe you can get some salary cap space, but it's the players that are getting hurt. John Klingberg is dealing with something. We're not too sure the full extent of that. Connor Timmons, who I mentioned. He hurt himself in the last pro, uh, last preseason game, and he's could, going to miss some time, which usually means significant time. So that, in a way, you know, helps with the cap problem, but also takes away a guy who is supposed to be coming in as your one of your top depth guys that you're going to call back in. So that's that's another thing is the def, the the depth there on defense is going to be tested a lot, and it was already a decor that people were having issues with or feeling iffy about because they didn't really make many changes. They only brought in John Klingberg and that was the only change they made from this blue line. Yeah. Jake McCabe was brought in the trade deadline. He was, he has a, he had a contract passed last year. So he's technically a new addition, but not new because he played here uh, after the trade deadline. So there's still a lot of things that are going to be sorted out. There are some positives though, but when you're looking at kind of the issues that are, the Leafs are dealing with, those are, I think the prevalent ones. 
So how do they get cap compliant? What would be the most logical move or the best moves they could make to free up some cap space, get some of those up and coming players into the lineup and still field uh, a contending team? Yeah, I mean, the only way you can really do it is if there's a player on the team that's making, you know, half decent salary that is on the bubble of making the roster. He's likely going to have to go on waivers and if there's a player that's playing better than them and earning a job, there are some players that are certainly playing well that should be getting jobs that are likely not going to be getting jobs. Pontus Olmberg is one of them. I mentioned Nick Robertson's another one that he had a really good game yet um, in their last preseason game, but his his spot on the roster is not secured. So the really the only way really the Leafs can get themselves blind if everybody's healthy and ready to go is you'd have to go with a very minimal roster right like no bench you might even have to go with 20 guys they were talking about but i think with the injury to timmins he's one of those guys that's making just over a million dollars that's going to help free up some space there uh we already know what they're doing with matt murray and matt murray's contract and jake muzzin's contract that gives them some ltir relief but unfortunately they're just going to have to go with the minimal roster that they can but then, you know, you've got a guy like uh, like Matthew Nice who's making, you know, rookie salary that's going to be able to step in and play a big role. And actually, the other one player that could be an X factor here is Cal Yarncroke. He hasn't been able to really do much. Uh, he's been dealing with injury as well. If it's a long-term thing, that frees up $2.1 million. Some people are saying maybe you go and you try to trade a, a Cal Yarncroke because his salary is so inflated and in comparison to what the other guys are, then maybe you go out and you make a trade with them and you feel comfortable in the guys behind them to be able to step in and do what he's doing. Talk to me a little bit about the goaltending. How do you see the the playing time being distributed and, and what kind of roles do you expect each goalie to have? Yeah, I mean, Ilya Samsonov is the undoubted starter. He finally played in his first preseason game against uh, Montreal. And look, that was... It was by design, I think. They knew what they had with Yuli Samsonov. He was no doubt the starter. They want to see the other guys. The, the question some were having was the backup job. Is it Joseph Wolves? I think it still is because he needs to go on waivers, and he's the one that's signed for the future. He's the only goal he signed past the season for the Leafs. I don't see them giving up on Joseph Wolves this early. He looked really good in the playoffs. He had a okay start to preseason, albeit preseason it's tough to really judge a goaltender sometimes especially with the team playing in front of them martin jones uh was brought in to be kind of the third goaltender slash you know kind of battle with jones for the backup battle wall for the backup job issue with martin jones is i he's one of those where i feel like if they could have the cap space to have a third goalie they'd love to have martin jones on the roster the problem is they don't have the luxury to have a third goalie on the roster because of salary cap reasons. So he's likely going to be either on waivers or if a team is in need of a goaltender, there are a few. I don't know if they would really want to trade Martin Jones within the division to Tampa, but I do think that you're seeing a lot of goalies being placed on waivers and actually quite a few goalies being picked up because of injuries. Teams want to go with some more veteran options. I don't know if I see Martin Jones sticking around that much longer and, Unfortunately, the Leafs don't have a lot of experience in the minors, guys with NHL experience. So that's why they also brought in Martin Jones is then if they need a third goaltender, they at least have one with some NHL experience. Now, look, 
the Leafs can be as strategic as possible, try to get sneak Martin Jones in through waivers. I don't know if that's going to be possible because Martin Jones played a lot of NHL games last year, and he won quite a few NHL games last year. Numbers weren't amazing, but teams value that. Teams want NHL bodies, so he's going to probably be the most in demand if the Leafs do put him on waivers. Let's get back to Michael Nylander. Talk to me about how the position switch is going and how he's looked. Yeah, I mean, with, with Nylander, I think there was always belief he could be a center, right? There was always the belief that he can do it, for, uh, at least from Sheldon Keith's perspective, because when Sheldon Keith was the coach of the Marlies and Nylander was there, Nylander played center for him. So the coach knows he can do it because he's seen him do it. The thing is, at the NHL level, it's a totally different animal. But what the Leafs can do with Nylander that they couldn't do in the past or they hadn't really tried in the past was having him as the third line center and their, their depth right now, what they have done on the wings has allowed them to be in a position where they can have a good third line. You know, Max Domi can be a third line scoring winger for this team. And that's something they hadn't really had the luxury of in the past, right? They've got some depth that they can move guys around on the wings. And I think actually what the William Nylander move to center does is, you know, certain players actually get the ability now to play in the top six that maybe you'd like to see, but because you've already had Nylander in a top six role, you couldn't get him there. So they, the Leafs, I know they really want, They, I think they saw the value of having three really good centers, three good lines, rather than here's our top six. Our bottom six is quite, <laughs> quite the drop off in talent. I don't think they want to do that anymore. I think they realize let's make teams actually have to respect our bottom six a little bit more. I think that's been the biggest change, and that's what the change of putting William Nylander at center does for them. All right, David, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, you can uh, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Locked on Leafs. Make sure uh, you go and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're on the road to 5,000, so we're, we're close. We're about 900 away. It's we're going to keep pushing towards it. So can go and subscribe to our YouTube channel there. Uh, follow myself on the X platform, formerly known as Twitter at the underscore more Sudi. All right, David, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. It is great to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Avalanche, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom. And uh, Kyle, 
exciting times now for the Avs, trying to overcome a lot of injuries, but uh, some good news on the Kale McCarr front. Why don't you fill us in? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those that, yes, Kale McCarr has suffered the injury and they're being tentative with his return, but again, it's Kale McCarr. You can be as safe as you possibly need to with bringing him back, and a lot of that goes with the NHL 24 cover publicity. He's got to make the rounds. He's got to, you know, shake the hands and kiss the babies when it comes to being a cover athlete. So there's no real hurry to bring him to the ice, especially with everything that Colorado sustained last year when it came to injuries and falling short of defending that Stanley Cup. They're being as careful as possible, letting him come back at his speed, because honestly, the focus right now with this Colorado Avalanche team is not what Kale McCarr is going to bring. It's what all these new pieces are going to add to what Kale McCarr can bring. And McCarr himself indicated he's hopeful to be ready for the first game of the season. Yeah, he's hopeful. But again, it's one of those that they're it's this is a game that Avalanche played all year last year. It was a day to day kind of situation. And you go to Kale and he is very upfront and honest. He's never going to come back until he's ready. And when he's ready, he'll let you know. And if it's he's not going to get lost in the moment of the puck drop opening night, L.A. Kings. He's going to. He knows his body, even though he's one of the younger defensemen. He knows his body, and he's not going to rush it back. And the Avalanche are not going to rush him back either. There's really no need for him to make that opening night roster if he's not ready. Because again, every the Avalanche are playing it very safe when it comes to injuries. So it's not so much a panic situation right now because there's so much distracting when it comes to what this Avalanche team is going to look like. There is this confidence on when Kale McCarr comes back, he's going to be just fine. Now, you talked a little bit about how he will help the new players. How are these new players looking, and how are they uh, affecting the culture of this team right now? When it comes to the culture of the Colorado Avalanche, like if you ask Evander Kane, we're cocky. But yes, yes, we are. There are so many other teams, the locked-on NHL hosts, that are talking about what their top six looks like. The Avalanche could talk about their top nine. And we're getting really finicky when it talks to this top four. Uh, the the line four, when it comes to like names like Andrew Cogliano, does he make line four? That's a great problem to have in today's NHL. And with the additions of Ross Colton, Miles Wood, Tomas Tatar, Ryan Johansson, like this looks like a video game fantasy draft. Like you put that roster out there, this looks like an all-star team. This is what the Avalanche need, and it gives you so much confidence going into next year, especially with this youth that the Avalanche are starting to cultivate a little bit. It's been a little bit stagnant when it comes to the prospect pipeline, but there's starting to be a little bit of a youth movement with these big names they acquired on the cheap. I think things are really, really good for the Avalanche, and that's what Avalanche fans have been distracted with this preseason on what these incredible lines can look like and what they will add to this team coming up. So I I guess one question you have to ask, and you don't ask this to too many teams during the cap era, are there enough pucks to go around? Is there enough ice time for everybody? It's one of those things the new guys know who run the team. They know who, like when you have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen on the team, you know the puck needs to go there. And guess what? A lot of these new guys that are coming in, they're kind of on the older side. They're not trying to go out there and make a name for themselves. These are names that everybody knows. And you're not, you could go out there and make these guys look better. And it makes you look better when you get that first assist or that secondary assist. You're getting points for doing nothing. 
it makes it's a win-win situation for a lot of these guys, especially Ryan Johansson. He could come in here and just kind of coast on that second line. And with it'll probably be Nachushkin on that line with him. You feed the puck to him, you're going to be fine. No question about that. You mentioned some of the younger players. Anyone in particular that we should keep our eye on? Well, you, I know it's a name that's kind of familiar now, but Bo Byram. With the absence of Kale McCarr, this is a good time for Bo Byram to make a step up. He's had concussion issues in the past, and it's one of those that if he could put a full season together, this is a name that could catch a lot of eyeballs. And Bo Byram is that guy. He is an incredible talent. And he has that Kale McCarr ability to reverse hit and stand up a guy. He's tough. He's got a really good hockey IQ, a really good shot. But, hey, we're talking about a defenseman. He has a really good hockey mind. And when he has guys like Devontae's on the team with him and Samuel Girard and Josh Manson instructing him on those, on those situations that you encounter, he's only getting better and only getting smarter in these hockey IQ moments. So keep an eye on Bo Byram. He, he gets often dwarfed in the name of defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. But this is a year that he's going to start really making a name for himself. And you heard it here first on why. <laughs> so all this optimism, all of this uh, talent on this team, what's the biggest concern now that the season is less than two weeks away? With You want to see if this team can stay healthy. Like we mentioned, like Ryan Johansson, Yes, that's a big name coming in, but he also has injury concerns. Miles Wood, same thing, injury concerns. Tomas Tatar, he gave 82 games to the New Jersey Devils last year, but you want to see if that holds up because he is an aged man. So with the Avalanche, you're always worried about, is this enough? And Avalanche fans, when you have this wonderful wealth of riches when it comes to a forward line and what your defense looks like, you're kind of wondering if this isn't enough, what else do we have to do? Do we end up like the St. Louis Blues, one cup, and that's it? And then we're just kind of reeling for the rest of eternity? Or can we be that contender that everybody thinks that we are? And we know that we are. So you want this to be the winning recipe, this gritty dedication to a roster construction. And you want to see this team not get bounced in the first round, which surprised everybody. And how about the goaltending? How are you feeling about that heading into the season? That's going to be the big question with everything looking so good at the forward and defense. You have Yorgiev again, starting in net, which is a wonderful problem to have. But with Pavel Francouz already announced to not be coming back because of a lingering injury concern, Eustace Anunen is going to be stepping up to that backup role. But this has been one of those situations where Anunen, he's been getting ready to go, but he's one year away, but that's been four years in a row. So we're kind of forcing him into that spot, seeing what they have there. But the Avalanche don't have a lot of money to go out in case that doesn't work and go get another goalie. So it's going to be heavily reliant on Yorgiev until Francois can come back and hopefully be healthy as a one-two tandem going into the playoffs. And what's the timetable on that? They're, they're saying he's not ready yet. They're being very loose. But there's already looking around and kicking the tires on some goalie options, which already means it's going to be a while. And if the Avalanche are mentioning that he's not ready, that means he's really not ready. So, it, and, but this is not the first time Francois has had injury problems, and he is also getting up there in years. So, the backup goalie the Avalanche are used to might not be there, and they might have to go somewhere else. And that's going to be a tricky situation. Look at the Avalanche possibly making a move at the deadline for something if that becomes a concern. 
All right, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And obviously, you don't want to tire out your starting goaltender before the playoffs get underway. Kyle, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, you can find Locked On Avalanche on YouTube. You can subscribe to our subtext as well. You can find us LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. And we're on all the socials as well. So make sure and if you enjoy this, come check us out. All right, Kyle, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk talkie with you. Thank you, Gil. It's always a pleasure. Today's episode is brought to you by a product I literally use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. It is great to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On San Jose Sharks, J.D. Young. And J.D., a lot of change coming in San Jose. A lot of young players who should be contributing to this team as they continue their rebuild. Who is making the best case to make this team this year at the start of the season? Uh, I think you have to start with William Eklund, right? The 2021 seventh round pick spent the majority of last year in the AHL where he was arguably their best player uh, while he was there, got the the eight games in with the uh, big team at, at, after the trade deadline. Uh, but the Sharks sent him back trying to slide that contract for one more year. Um, I think, you know, Eklund this offseason, he coming off shoulder surgery. Looks 100 percent, has no fear with that shoulder. It's always something you have to worry about, right, is how is an athlete going to respond coming back from this and that kind of mental? Um, You have seen it um, every night that the two preseason games he's played so far has looked like a difference maker for the Sharks potentially. And um, you saw it kind of, you know, what? The big question is when you don't have the puck or when you're not scoring, what are you doing for me? And you can see it. Eklund's been playing penalty kill minutes. He's been aggressive on the four check. Um, and then last night uh, or on Saturday night when he, uh, every time he had a chance with the puck, went straight to the neck, attack the net, attack the net. And that is, that is the, the stuff that you want to see out of your young player as he continues to grow and develop. So um, I think Eklund is uh, just about a lock to make the NHL roster this year, just because I know they have a lot more uh, depth on the four group, but this whole year is about getting Eklund ready to be an NHL player. And the best way to do that at this point is just let him play NHL games. So where do you think he'll fit into the lineup at the start of the season? Uh, It looks like right now he's probably going to be penciled into the third line. Um, He's been kind of playing with uh, Granlin, who they, the center they acquired in the Eric Carlson trade from uh, the Penguins. And then Luke Cunning, who's coming back from an ACL injury. And um, you've seen Cunning and, and Eklund, especially on Saturday night's game against the Kings, just the chemistry is a little bit off right now. And, you know, passes are just kind of a little bit out of the reach or a little behind, but I think that's something that they'll work on as they continue to play. Um, and I think on that line, you know, you, he'll, 
I think he'll be kind of the guy on that line. Uh, we know Granlin's passing ability, but of course his scoring isn't what you would want. And then I think Cunning can score, but he's known to uh, you know take a couple penalties here and there. So I think uh, Ekman will have a chance to shine and then continue to move up the kind of the ranks as the season goes on. What about some other young players who have a chance to impact this team this season? I think the big question for the Sharks is going to be what to do with Henry Thrun, uh, the defenseman they acquired from the Ducks at the trade deadline uh, when he made it clear that he wasn't going to sign with the Ducks after he was finished with his Harvard career. Uh, Sharks slung the uh, the Ducks a third-round pick, uh, signed Henry Thrun to his ELC, and now he uh, and last year he looks like an NHL player. Um, he has all the looks of a guy who you look up and all of a sudden he's played a thousand NHL games because he just looks so calm and comfortable. Um, they've been, the Sharks don't have a clear answer on who's going to run the power play, especially after Eric Carlson has been traded. And they've been giving Thrun a lot of opportunities in the, the preseason to kind of maybe take that role. There is a log jam on the blue line with a bunch of different guys, but I think Henry Thrun, maybe he starts the season with a Barracuda, but I don't think he's going to be there very long because I think he provides that two-way play that the Sharks just lack, uh, honestly, on the, the blue line right now, um, especially after Eric Carlson has gone. And then I think I, you have to shout out Shakira Mukamadoulin. Did get sent to the Barracuda today, but um, the the big piece that they acquired in the Timo Meyer trade from um, the uh, from the New Jersey Devils has looked like a, a potential star for the Sharks. Um Big guy, uh, six foot four, can skate. Um, he's got to just work on that consistency part. But uh, again, uh, providing that two way game that the Sharks player defense just like just lacks, and all he needs right now is just reps. And he's going to get big minutes in the AHL with the San Jose Barracuda. And I think as the season progresses, um, maybe you know after the holidays, close to the trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his NHL debut as well. Talk to me about Logan Couture. What's the latest injury update on his situation? So Couture came into training camp with a lower body injury that he sustained while working out this summer. Um, it's He's maybe getting back on the ice here. It's still going to be a tough call if he's ready for opening night. Uh, but I think the Sharks are going to be smart with this, right? You don't want to rush Couture back, especially um, for what's going to be a long season and what's going to be a grind to begin the season they have an absolute uh they couple games at home but they're playing like vegas and colorado and then they start their annual east coast uh trip to begin the season and i think with with the sharks you just need to be play it safe and you have hurdle of course is your one c you have grandland you have nico sturm and then i think thomas bordelow is kind of the other guy if, if um couture is not ready maybe bordelow who's been getting a look at the 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 second line center position in preseason. He's been okay. Maybe not where you'd like him to be. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they just slide Granlin or Sturm in there and then maybe play a guy like Ryan Carpenter at the four C until Couture gets back from his injury. But um, he's supposed to be starting to skate uh, here this week and we'll see if he can start ramping up for the, the regular season. Power play is obviously going to be different without Eric Carlson there. What is the plan? How are they preparing to get things going this year? Um, uh, that is a great question. The forwards feel really good. Like, uh, the first line it's with, without Couture right now, you have uh hurdle, you have Duclair, you have Hoffman, um, you have Barabanov, a lot of mixture between passing guys and shooting, you know, um, 
but the 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 power play quarterback is the big question and we might get the chaos approach that i've been kind of hoping for of just play five forwards right um we've seen the panthers do it with success at, at times and um when you don't have a clear answer it's not worth fitting a kind of the, you know a round peg into a square hole um just play the five forward just get your five best players on the ice and i think at some point we're going to see that from david quinn um, but I do like the depth on on the power play this year, especially compared to last year, where it felt like, you know, if the power play one unit didn't do anything, the power play two unit was basically just the third line getting out there uh, to kind of waving the white flag for this team. So uh, but I think there's going to be two balanced units between and then with the inclusions of Zadina and Eklund, I think there's going to be some some actual like scoring on the second uh, line. But who runs the power play? Uh, Matt Benning, maybe, uh, or if Henry Thrun, those would be my two guesses. Or we just get the, the chaos approach of five forwards, and that would be the most fun, I think. Well, it wouldn't be dull, that's for sure. Uh, high risk, high reward, as they say. Please so- just give me something to be entertained by. It's going to be a long season. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, I mean, this is obviously a team rebuilding, but where do you think they are in this rebuilding plan right now? Uh, they're still very much in that like roster churning phase, right? Um, you saw this weekend they, you know, uh, they claimed Ty Emerson from the New York Rangers, and I think you're going to see a lot of that from the Sharks this year, trying to just grab guys, see if they fit with what you're trying to do, or if they can be a potential piece, um, and then kind of go from there. And you know, I, I wouldn't buy, go out and buy a Sharks jersey uh, right now because. There's not too many guys who you can be like, okay, I could see this guy being on the team in two or three years, but they're kind of in that roster journey trying to see if they can find some gems. Uh, you know, this worked for them a couple of years ago when they traded for Alexander Barabanov from the Leafs. And now Barabanov is kind of set to uh, probably have a monster season and, and uh, ask for a big contract at some point this year. Um, but I, I think that's just kind of where they're at right now. And they're, Mike Greer has been very adamant about, not rushing the prospects, right? Uh, making sure when they're ready to jump in the NHL, they're NHL ready and kind of ready to stick there. So I kind of expect to see a lot more of that, having these veterans kind of holding the fort down until your young guys are ready to kind of, to take those jobs from them and not just giving jobs. Um, you know, I think under Doug Wilson, Eklund would have probably played a majority of the last season. Uh, but I, you see with my career where just being a little bit more patient, his, his term is to over-ripen these prospects and make sure that they're absolutely ready to take these NHL jobs. So that, that's kind of where we're at. Still very, very early in the rebuild phase for the Sharks. All right, J.D., why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Uh, of course, you can find the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube as well or do both. Both is best. Um, and you can find me on uh, Twitter or X or whatever they call it nowadays at my fry hole. Also on threads at my fry hole. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, uh, threads and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. All right, J.D., thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Gil. All right. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank. J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks, David Morissuti of Locked On Leafs, Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Avalanche for joining me today. Thanks again to everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Every day as we are here every Monday through Friday. So tomorrow on the show, we will have the biggest stories from around the league just for you. I'm Gil Martin. I host the Monday edition of Locked On NHL. I co-host the Friday edition along with Rachel Donner. 
Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And thank you so much for listening and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.